step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world's shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Today, I'll be speaking with Mitchell Levy of AhaThat.com and ThinkAha.com. He consults for companies to turn employees into thought leaders. The author of over 50 books, one of which is entitled Are We Ready for a Female or African American President? Over 40 Executive Yes, Maybe, and No Viewpoints. I think we know the answer to that one. I'm, I'm interested in speaking to Mitchell about his businesses, his interest in thought leadership, and all those books. Where does he find the time to write them? Let's bring them in now. Hi, Mitchell Levy here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for thanks for for calling in. First question. So, you know, obviously you work for yourself. You have these businesses, but at, I'm guessing at some point in your life you worked at a, a regular nine to five job for an employer. What's the last nine to five job that you had? You know, I don't know if I would call. I, I'm in. I live in Silicon Valley, so I don't know if any job in Silicon Valley is nine to five. Uh, but the last, uh, the last time I actually worked for a company was 1997. Is when I left the corporate world, and I was working for Sun Microsystems at the time, running the e-commerce component of Sun Supply Chain. But uh, you know, corp, corporate life was definitely not for me. Wow, 1997. So you've been at this wow, almost almost 20 years now. Uh, yeah, we've. Uh, I mean, I, I've had fun, uh, and I think, as you know, by the way, I love your title, corporate shackle breaker. Um, I've had fun and enjoyed what I do, and I and I always I always find myself having multiple revenue streams, because you know you just never know when one business will sort of dry up and something else will come along. So it's important to to do a couple things as opposed to just one thing. That's, that's excellent advice, Mitchell. Well, you, you did mention that the, the corporate life, at least working for an employer, wasn't for you. What actually was your, I guess, what was your motivation to becoming self-employed, 
self-employed besides that? You know, it's uh, I didn't get my first mentor to I was in my 30s. It was my boss's boss. And I I basically I went to him one day and and uh, I I said, listen, I just don't think this thing is for me. I certainly don't want to be at Sun. I want to do something else. And he sort of gave me a framework. And I and I think anything we want to do, anytime we want to learn, we just need a framework that we could help ourselves. You know, the answer is not with somebody else. There's never a magic formula somewhere, but there's a framework in which you can put your arms around. So so he gave me a framework that that allowed me to think about how who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. And and at the time what I really wanted was just to be part of the management team of a successful company. So I just thought, hey, I needed to go from the position I was in now. And, and at, at first I was just thinking, hey, I was going to just be the, a VP marketing or a VP strategy of a public company. And what ended up happening is the dot-com time came along and, and e-commerce was broad. It was my era of expertise. And I didn't realize that I, I didn't have to put a, 10 year, a five or 10-year plan in place to get to be where I wanted to be. But rather, if I started my own company was successful, guess what? I was part of the management team of a successful company. And so that's kind of how I started my started my uh, entrepreneurial work. That's, that's very interesting to hear. You know, one of the issues that people that are that, that want to start their own businesses, maybe they have an idea, but really something that holds them back is, is fear of going, you know, going off on their own. Uh, eventually, I'm, I'm guessing if, if you did have fear, you got past it. Well, actually, I probably should ask. Did you have any fear in going off on your own almost 20 years ago? And if you did, what strategies, what strategies did you use to get past that fear? You know, technically, um, if you're liking what you do, um, you have fear in everything you do. Um, I've probably given I, – I can't even count uh, – couple thousand speeches uh, in my life. And what I've always said to myself, if I don't have a little bit of fear before I get in front of the audience, it means that I, I'm not being too aggressive enough in terms of what I do or how I do it. Um, you know, in terms of, I'm, I don't know, maybe as a guy, as an entrepreneur, uh, my, my wife may have had much more fear than I had. Um, but I just saw opportunity and that opportunity said I had to try it. So I had to jump and I had to make this happen. And, you know, at the time my, my wife was pregnant, I was the sole, uh, earner and I'm like, you know, I'm ready (laughs) and I got to do this. And, and I think what mitigates fear in many cases is know you're going to know you're going to win before you start. So if you're, and this is probably the problem that most people at companies, I've coached tens of thousands of, of people, of entrepreneurs who've worked at companies. And I basically say to them, so is this what you want to do? And they'll say no. And then they go, well, what, uh, what do you want to do? And they give me an idea of what they want to do. And I go, okay, well, how many hours a week do you actually work now? And they'll give me a time frame. You know, it could be 40, 50, 60 uh, sometimes people say 80. 80 means they don't have any fer- spare time. And then here's the important question. I'll ask the person, what are you doing now to help move you in the direction of entrepreneurship? And 
And if the answer is nothing, and they're working only 40 hours a week, I know right away that they are a entrepreneur and will never be an entrepreneur. So, but not to belittle the issue, there, there are some exceptions to the rule. So I'll always say, well, if you're only working 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week, why don't you spend, you know, spend an hour or two a week? Or if you, if you, can, if you could spare five hours, spend five hours a week just working on your side project. Because for me, what mitigated the fear is, is always uh, post the first job. Um, what mitigated the fear is, is and I figured this out when I realized that jobs don't last forever, is having something else on the side. And so when I started my uh, consulting company or I first did my own thing, I didn't know that. So I just, I just basically put up the shingle, said I was an e-commerce consultant. And I went to all my friends and said, hey, what do you got for me? And one of my former bosses who was now on his own running his own company, he basically said, hey, what do you know about SEO? This is 1997. What do you know about SEO? And I said, well, I don't know anything about SEO, but if you give me two weeks, I'll figure it out. He said he had clients who were interested, but he didn't provide the service. He goes, come back to me, Mitchell. Tell me what I should charge the client and what you want to charge. So Here's, a, here's what an entrepreneur does versus a entrepreneur. A entrepreneur wants the perfect job to do exactly what they want to do. An entrepreneur says, oh, well, I could make some money and I could figure out what to do next. So let me try it. So I went ahead. I bought everything on the market on SEO. In 1997, there wasn't that much. I figured out what to do. I came up with a price point and I came back to the guy and I said, listen, I think you should charge $15,000 a piece and I'll take 10. And he said, okay. And we sold five right away. And, and, and basically that's how I started my business as a strategic consultant. Now, how I actually started doing strategic consulting is I would go to the CEO or the CMO, which pretty much was my boss or whoever I worked with. And I'd say, give me your 30 second pitch. And they would spend about five or 10 minutes giving me their 30-second pitch. And I realized I had a strategic opportunity there. And so I turned a couple of those into strategic clients as well. But uh, to tell you, Neil, the important part, an entrepreneur takes business wherever it comes from until they get successful enough that they could turn it down. These are, these are excellent tips, Mitchell. You know, I think, I, I fully agree. It's really important to... I mean, once when you're still working a regular job, to devote at least some of your time to you know planning your exit strategy to start the business. You know, you don't want to just you know quit and then kind of try to figure it out. You know, after after the fact, if at all possible. Although I have heard some stories of people being able to do that, but it it tends to be rather rare. So tell me a bit about a bit about your your businesses, the Think basically the the thought leadership work that you do with your, with your clients. So I have a speaking and consulting business, and that I typically run that through Thinkaha, and Thinkaha also has four different book publishing companies, um, and so we've published over 800 titles. And and largely, what I what I think about as a publisher is I'm actually thinking about how can I help the entrepreneur put a tool in their hand. That's going to have them be recognized as the expert and help them close business. And so I, the, the reason I started the company originally is 
During the dot-com days, I was, I was doing great. I was speaking, consulting on e-commerce. I was making a ton of money both on both speaking and consulting. And what happened is I had to hire other people. And when I hired other people and I'd ask a question, when they gave me their answer back, I never knew if the answer was in my best interest or in their best interest. So when I started a publishing company, my motto was, hey, I'm going to answer the question in my client's best interest. And if it's ever something I'm going to benefit from, they're going to know about it. So I'll be very clear up front. And so we've published, as I mentioned, we've published over 800 titles. Um, some have done great. Many have helped the entrepreneurs be really successful. But what I'd love to tell you about is I want to tell you about the fact that I've been able to find the easy button, actually a couple easy buttons. And so that's with the platform AHA That. Uh, Neil, do you mind if I talk a little bit about that? Sure. AHA That it is. All right. So, by the way, I have an easy button with me. I'm going to press it as soon as I tell you the first one. So to be successful, if you're an entrepreneur today, there's one important element. You have to have a reasonable social media presence. Right, you got to have your picture up there. You got to look good. It has to have a good bio. It has to be search engine optimized so people can find you. Because what happens if somebody, if you meet somebody, you give them your card, or they see your name, or a friend refers you, the absolute first thing they do is they Google your name, and it's important to see what pops up. I just Googled you right before and got to get a much better understanding, Neil, about who you were just by Googling your name. So that's the first thing they're going to do. Now, to have a social media presence is one thing. The next thing you have to do is start to share good, compelling content. And so, Neil, I love what you're doing with the podcast and, and the way you present yourself and, the, and those that you interview. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being presented that way as well. Now, what I'll tell you is if you're not going to be running a podcast or a vcast or whatever you want to do, you need to share other people's content. What I'll tell you is that 80% of the content you share should be somebody else's. And the reason I say that is if you share all your stuff all the time, you're looking very narcissistic, very hedonistic. And so you want to be able to show that you have a better command on the industry that you play in. And so you got to share other, other content. So let me tell you about the first easy button. And that is the AHA That platform. It's ahathat.com. We have 35,000 quotes that you can get access to in seconds and share for free. Right, so now I'm going to press the easy button. That was easy. So, ahathat.com, 35,000 quotes you can share in seconds for free. And so that is one part of the element. The next important element in the second easy button is that you should be the author of a book. Now, many people say, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'll do it when I retire. Let me tell you, when you retire, your book is no longer relevant, period. You need a book today that demonstrates that you're the expert in the space you play in. And people, when they, when they come and they start looking for people who can do what your business does, whether it's a service or a product, they actually run across you as the expert. And so what I want to tell you is we've created a process and approach and a platform with AHA That where we've had hundreds of authors write their books in eight hours or less. So I'm going to press the easy button again. That was easy. All right. So, Neil, here it is. You could write your book in eight hours or less. You have content to share, 35,000 quotes you could share. 
you could then, when people start, when they start looking for you, they see that you're the author of a book on a very focused topic that's relevant to them. And that's, that's what we're doing now. So I'm extremely excited about this platform because it, hundreds of authors have written their books and many of them have been very, very successful at picking up new business or increasing the business they currently have today. Wow, that's interesting. Someone could write a book in eight hours or less. How long are these books if you're able to come up with in eight hours or less? Ah, so let's define what an aha book is. An aha book is comprised of 140 bite-sized quotes. Think of it as 140 tweets focused on a very specific topic. So what's really cool about this is once you're in the platform, all of those quotes are now immediately shareable by anyone else in the world on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. So if you're doing quotes, if your first book is on breaking the shackles of your corporate role and you have 140 quotes, one of the things that you could do when you, when you have a new guest who is going to be on your show, send them the URL to your book and say, hey, why don't you share a couple of quotes on it before we come online? Then they've, they've read your book. By the way, it takes 10 to 15 minutes to read an AHA book. They've read your book and they've shared content to their network prior to them inter, you know, talking with you. I mean, that would be very cool. Um, and so what we do is let me, let me, tell, you about, uh, let me tell you about three types of e-books. So an aha book is an ebook, right? Similar to the first ebook we think about is just a PDF. So a PDF with content on the inside and you could share it with somebody, that's an ebook. Another mm-hmm. format of ebook, so n- number two would be an EPUB. EPUB format is typically the format that people use to to put their ebooks onto Kindle. And then the third type of ebook is the one I'm talking about now. It's the aha book. And that is comprised of 140 quotes on a very specific topic. And then each one of those quotes are immediately shareable on social media. And so we call them social media enabled ebooks. And so the first thing, and, and, uh, and this is where the 35,000 quotes came from, is we've had uh, two to 300 authors actually write books and put them on the platform. And, and what they do with those books is they – by the way, here's a third easy button that you're pressing. When you write your AHA book, you're also putting a quarter or two of your social media marketing plan in place, right? Because 140 quotes that are relevant to you, and any one of those quotes can also include a URL that points back to YouTube or SlideShare or to uh, the, the landing page you know, of uh, the top of your funnel landing page. So the really cool part is you are when you create an aha book you're you're doing it quickly we've had many authors do their books in eight hours we've had a couple who write them faster uh but i would say eight hours is pretty realistic and uh and you do your book for the purpose that is appropriate so a good example um one of our authors is a guy by the name of it's uh dr george gopin he is the professor emeritus of rhetoric can I, should I say that again? Professor Emeritus of Rhetoric at Duke University. So when George talks, he speaks for a while. And uh, he didn't actually imagine doing an AHA book um, because he, he, his prose is much bigger than 140 quotes. 
he wrote a book. It's called uh, Gopin's Reader's Tation Approach to the English Language. And it talks about how we've been teaching English wrong for the last uh, 200 years in universities. And what we did with his book is, is so some of the authors, they decide not just to have the AHA book, but also have a PDF and Kindle. So that's one level up, but also create paperback and hardcover. So we took George's book, we turned it into a paperback, and he's speaking in two weeks in front of a group of 650 people that he now has a book. The last time he wrote a book took him 1,000 hours and three to four years. Uh, this one took him somewhere between eight to 10 hours and, and a couple of weeks. So the cool part is he now has a physical book, and he's with that audience. He's now going to be in front of that audience with, with a book that's really going to help convey the message he wants to convey today. Does that you'd make sense? That, yeah, well, you'd mentioned that it's, it, you should have about 80% of, your, of sharing other people's content. So the quotes that are in these AHA books, these are the quotes of the author or quotes of other people? Oh, that's a great question. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking it. So your AHA book should really be your, your quotes, right? So if you've been – and just, to, Neil, just for you to know, uh, two hours of recorded content. So if you took four of your half-hour conversations, you'd be able to pull out enough content to create an AHA book, right? So two hours of recorded content, uh, presentations – you know, if, you've, if you're giving presentations today and you've got stuff in PowerPoint, it's easy to pull your content out. But your AHA book should really be your content. When I talk about 80% of the content you share should be somebody else's, I'm talking about your social media, your social media content. You know, so the, the articles you, you share or push if you're sharing uh, quotes in LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter – you know, your Twitter stream, if I'm reading through your Twitter stream, should not always be uh, come to my show, read this content, see what this person says. You should be including quotes from your shows that then other people are going to be learning, right? So this half-hour show probably will produce between 40 to 50 interesting aha messages, interesting quotes. And any one of them could be quotes that you then share as long as you're giving attribution to the person who said them. And uh, that would be powerful for you. And that's power. And that's basically what anyone else should be doing as well is sharing content from other people. It's a very interesting concept, Mitchell. Where exactly did you even think to, to even develop these aha books? <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish I could say, you know, we sat in a room and, uh, and one day uh, this concept came out of thin air. And here it is. Uh, what I will say instead, it's just a bunch of experimentation. When I started my first book publishing company in 2005, it was called Happy About. And typically books in the Happy About series, instead of the 50, 60, 100,000 word books, books are typically 25 to 30,000 words. Uh, it typically took the authors somewhere between uh, two to four months to write and took us two to four months to publish. I then came up with a new book series, and that book series was called 42 Rules. And the 42 Rules series was comprised of 42 500-word articles. So if you've been blogging for a year, your 42 Rules book was mostly done. After that, I found a partner who suggested we come up with a new book series, which was comprised of 140 bite-sized quotes. 
And that's that's really the the start of the Think Aha series. But what happened is, you know, this is interesting. We created physical books first, and so people would sit down and they would write 140 quotes for their physical book. And then uh, probably about five years ago or so, we created an iPhone app. So if you wrote a physical book, we would then take the content from your physical book and we would be able to easily allow you to share it on social media. Uh, when I started, uh, I put on my, my thought leader architect hat. So I started consulting again uh, about three years ago, going back into thought leadership, helping people understand what that means. And largely we go into corporations. We help them be successful at turning their, themselves from experts to thought leaders. Uh, as soon as I put that hat on, I asked myself a simple question. And the question was, Mitchell, how come you're forcing people to write a physical book before they can get their ebook? Why don't you create the ebook first? And so uh, we've been we've been uh, updating the the approach and the application. We threw away the iPhone app and just recreated it uh, as a web based application. Uh, it was originally called the Aha Amplifier because we all know what Ahas are. We know what amplification is. Um, and just recently, probably about three four months ago, I renamed the application to Aha That. And and the cool part about AHA That is, you know, when somebody would write a physical book and we were charged $2,500 for them to publish a physical book, that would still take them one to two months to do. It was fast in terms of book processes, uh, but still take them a while. And the fastest book we ever did, uh, the author wrote the book and we had physical copies available three and a half weeks later from the time she started to the time we were done. And, and that's about as fast as you can go. Um, the cool part about AHA That is we, we charge $450 to do an AHA book. And as I mentioned, we've had hundreds of authors write their books in eight hours or less. So, so Neil, here's the interesting thing. Think about the next client you want to pick up. And think about the problem that that client has. And this is true for any entrepreneur. Think about the key problem that that one client that's going to help you make enough money or, or get the ball going, think about the one problem that that client has. Now, sit down. We have our processes are on AHA That. Go to ahathat.com slash author, and that's where we have the list of steps you need to follow to write your book in eight hours or less. Um, so at ahathat.com, ahathat.com slash author, that's where the content is. And think about the problem the client has. And think about how you can answer that problem in bite-sized quotes. And when you're done and you publish that book, you then send a note to the client. Say, oh, by the way, I have a book that solves this problem. It seems like you guys are having this type of issue. How can I help you? And then they read through the book and they're reading the 140 quotes. You know, they only need to read three, four, or five quotes. And they go, man, this person's the person for the job. Right? And that's what we can do now. And so it, it, to answer your question, where did the idea came from? I sort of stumbled upon it, but now that we're here and now that we, the recognition that you can write a social media enabled ebook in a short period of time, and that can be what you use to share on social media or convince people that you're the right person for the job. And then our company can also take that content and easily turn that into PDF or Kindle or paperback, or hardcover. And there is nothing cooler than hitting, hitting 
knocking on a hardcover book. And, uh, and then the content on the inside is just easier to read because you've taken the bite-sized quotes, the, the morsels of information you want your, your audience to learn. You've taken it and you've made it easy for them to digest just the important stuff. Wow. You know, it, 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 this, you know, it, it, this, you've really said a lot. You said a lot here, Mitchell. I mean, this is all things that I've, I've never thought of before. As, as you said, most of, most of the time when you think of people writing books, it takes months or years or however long it takes. It's certainly not eight hours. And I, I doubt people that were interested in, in writing books would think that, you know, just using quotes from, from this, their lives and, and their expertise would be enough to make a book out of. And, and if they weren't even going to make a book out of it, what use would that be? But you, you definitely made the case that an, an AHA book could, is definitely something that a lot of people should consider. So thank you for that. I can't believe that 30 minutes went by so quickly. Again, thank you, Mitchell, for, for being on the podcast. How can people find you? I'm guessing through AHA.com. <laughs> great, great suggestion. Feel free to Google my name, Mitchell Levy, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-E-V-Y, um, and connect to me on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to connect to me on Facebook, just tell me why. Twitter, uh, my account is happy about. Uh, but clearly, if you go to ahathat.com, um, you'll, you'll see the, the process. When you submit your books, just tell me you're, you've been on this show and that you'd like me to take a personal interest of taking a look at what you're doing and making sure you're moving in the right direction. And I, I love helping people create the content they need and do it quickly and easily so they can be much more successful in what they're doing. Excellent. Again, thanks, Mitchell, for being on Neil Thompson Speaks. My absolute pleasure. Neil, nice to meet you. I'm looking forward to uh, continued interactions with you. Great. Thanks for tuning in to Neil Thompson Speaks, everyone. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from the website to those social media platforms. There's also a link there to this podcast. And until next time, please take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.